Welcome to Long Box Society with your hosts, Steve Trista and Bobby Jakes. Welcome back, Long Box Society Podcast, episode 17. Back after a long hiatus, but uh, I've come back to talk about a little bit about what's going on in the world of TV as it's uh, trickling back into fall again. We got a ton of shows going on. There's so many shows now, I can't even keep up with all the superhero shows, let alone all the regular scheduled TV that I have to watch. But uh, um, just starting in September, we got Gotham, Arrow, Flash. Um, in October, we got Supergirl, DC Legends of Tomorrow, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Luke Cage dropped at the end of uh, September on Netflix. Um, am I missing anything? There's got to be more coming. There's more and more of these superhero shows popping up, and it's it's <laughs> pretty much every night of the week we got something to watch. So I want to take some time and kind of go over some of the new shows that have come out, the season premieres, and uh, a little bit about Luke Cage too. We'll start off with that. So Luke Cage dropped September 30th on Netflix, the Marvel series continuation of um, we got Daredevil on Netflix already and Jessica Jones which premiered last year or earlier in the year actually where this is the first time we saw Luke Cage Um, so for those of you don't know Luke Cage is a Marvel character who basically was wrongfully accused of crime went to went to jail did some time and they experimented on him which gave him Kind of like Superman-like power, so he's got really tough skin, uh, super strength, and, and things like that. Um, but what they're kind of building towards is this Iron Fist show, which is next. Um, and we're going to see Luke Cage and Iron Fist, because in the comics, they are the heroes for hire. Um, so this was kind of taking the spotlight on Luke Cage himself. And kind of, this show was kind of cool, because um, on these Netflix shows, they kind of get away with a lot of stuff they can't do in the movies so it's a little bit more adult themed i would say they're way they're able to get away with uh you know focusing on one specific area of new york it kind of seems like each character has their own borough of of new york where you got you know um uh, daredevil was in hell's kitchen jessica jones was in another section of new york and then now we have luke cage in harlem um, so it's really focused on kind of like the black community and it's perfect timing with, you know, the, like the black lives matter movement and things like that. So even as a non-black person, I really found this show really fascinating and really, really spoke to me as, um, you know, a really timely piece for, uh, what's kind of going on in, in the media and stuff like that. But I thought overall the show, if I had to rate them, um, I would say Daredevil is obviously my number one because, I mean, the the cast is phenomenal. The writers are are insanely good. The choreography on the um, the fighting and stuff like that is, is, is great. And Daredevil is one of my favorite Marvel characters, so a little bias on that. Then I would rank Luke Cage second next to, and then Jessica Jones is third. Luke Cage was really good because... Um, it didn't really the thing about these shows is they don't they don't feel like comic book shows. They they, they don't feel like Marvel shows. They they feel like regular kind of like dramas, I guess. And this one was kind of like a little bit of a detective type drama, cop drama. Um but you got to see, you know, we saw Luke Cage and Jessica Jones a little bit, and now we get to see him 
basically become the hero that he is that we know and love um so he's kind of in the background he starts off in the season you know sweeping floors at a barber shop he's also doing dishes at a at a club and he doesn't really want he has the powers but he doesn't really want to you know display his power and stuff like that then shit starts going down in harlem and now he wants to actually get out there and, and make a difference and we saw a lot of comic book references we got villains like um, Cottonmouth and uh, Diamondback, which the, I, I can't name the actors right now. I can't think of them off the top of my head, but they were fantastic in their roles. A um, couple things that I would say I didn't like about this show. Uh, you got Theo Rossi, who, if you know Sons of Anarchy, he played Juice in Sons of Anarchy. He was in the show. He played Shades, and his character annoyed the fuck out of me just because... I felt like he wasn't that threatening and he was kind of over the top a bit at times along with the character of Mariah who was also a little bit over the top. I kind of wish that they didn't make it to the last episode, but they did. Um, so overall, I think the guy who played Cottonmouth had a really great presence and um, you kind of felt the threat was there. And, and actually, Closer to the end of the series, you start to almost feel bad for him because they they do a flashback of of when he's younger and how he kind of grew up. He had you know his parents and his and uh, his aunts and uncles were basically the the crime bosses of the area, and that's how they got roped into it. Diamondback or yeah, Diamondback is is basically um, William Stryker in the comic books. For those of you who don't know Luke Cage's story, he plays. Um, his uh, Luke Cage's half brother, and you find that out throughout the the last couple episodes of the season. Um, but in the comic books, William Stryker and Luke Cage are are, are best friends, and they kind of grow up together, and and they they end up basically doing time for a little bit. One kind of sticks with crime, and Luke kind of eventually gets out of crime and, and becomes a hero, and that's kind of where the conflict begins there. But I thought this was a better take on it, kind of like the jealous stepbrother. Brother. They've done that before in Marvel with Loki and Thor, so like that formula works. Um, but yeah, overall, this show was, was fantastic. Out of 10, I'm probably going to give it an 8.9 out of 10. Um, definitely worth... Uh, a watch. I watched it in under five days. So uh, definitely binge binge worthy. So check out Luke Cage on Netflix right now. And like I said, the next one coming up is going to be Iron Fist. And then for all those Game of Thrones fans, um, Iron Fist, the guy playing Iron Fist, uh, Danny Rand is one of the guys from uh, Game of Thrones. Is his name? The character is Loras. So I don't know the actor's name, but he is playing Danny Rand. And we saw a little, a couple tips of the hat to that at the ending of uh, episode 12, where um, Rosario Dawson, who plays Claire, Night Nurse, she's been in all the, the series so far. So she's been in Daredevil and Jessica Jones as well. She come, comes up in Luke Cage as well. And now we know it's been confirmed she's going to be an Iron Fist. So she's going to kind of be a crossover between all the series. At the end of the episode uh, 12, she takes this flyer for basically martial arts classes. And uh, she's going to go check it out. And the name on it is is the school that 
you know, Danny Rand teaches that. So that's going to be a cool little crossover. And now we're going to see her into that. But there was a couple mentions. She kept talking about, I got a great lawyer friend at Hell's Kitchen. I thought maybe we're, we were going to see Matt Murdock in this. They could totally pull it off um, because they're going to cross over these series anyways. But uh, didn't see that. The only crossover character was Night Nurse. And then there was some some of the thugs and stuff like that from uh, Daredevil popped up in Luke Cage as well, too. So there's a little bit of continuity uh, throughout that whole Netflix universe. It's really cool to see that. Um, so hopefully they're probably going to build everything together with Iron Fist first. Then we'll see Defenders. And that's when we're going to see everyone come together. So that'll be good. Um, what's next? Gotham. Gotham came out. Now, Gotham is a Fox-run show. This is not a show that's on CW with the rest of the CWDC universe. So it's a little bit different. This is season three, and right out of the gate, we got Jim Gordon kind of being a, a private investigator, checking out. He's he's trying to, if you, if you watch season two, he's trying to capture all the uh, inmates that got out of uh, Indian Hill, out of Arkham Asylum, but... Hugo Strange was experimenting on and he's not a cop anymore so he's doing this now and it, I don't know if I like it he's basically like a, I don't know like a bounty hunter type thing some other stuff going on in in, in the show the, the thing about Gotham is there's some things that they do really well and a lot of things that they do really wrong one thing that they do very wrong is they put way too many of the Batman villains in way too soon. I think originally initially they wanted this show to be about Jim Gordon kind of growing up as a cop and coming to Gotham city and kind of having, it was going to kind of be like a cop drama, but it's kind of seemed like it's turned into a Batman show where Jim Gordon is essentially Batman and he's got to deal with all these villains. So by the time Bruce Wayne, who in this show so far is about 12, 13 years old, becomes Batman, there's going to be no villains left because it looks like Gordon's going to take care of all of them or there's not going to be a city left because they're going to just run rampant everywhere. The one villain they haven't really... They've kind of touched a bit with Joker, but I don't think they're going to actually do too much with that because I think that would really piss people off. But this season so far, we've seen uh, Mad Hatter come into it. So this is kind of the Mad Hatter season. So one cool thing that they've done differently with that is... Traditionally, Jervis Tetch, who is the Mad Hatter, is this guy obsessed with hypnosis, mind control, stuff like that. And he's obsessed with the story Alice in Wonderland. And he's in, he always has one female victim who is Alice. And in this one, Alice is his sister. So that's one kind of spin that they've never really done before. So I think that's kind of cool. He's basically trying to find Alice throughout... Um, throughout the city as he just came to town and Alice is his sister so he's got this weird strange connection with her but she wants nothing to do with him because he's like a psychopath obviously he's the villain but the dude playing Mad Hatter if you like watching Walking Dead it's uh one of the outsiders um that was in the last season of Walking Dead is playing him I don't know his name again but he is the guy playing Mad Hatter and he's I really liked him in Walking Dead. He was kind of creepy and sadistic in that, so I think he's playing Mad Hatter pretty well. Um, and if you watched the last, last episode of Gotham, you saw another cameo, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Now, these are kind of C-list villains in the Batman universe, but they're traditionally 
in the book with Mad Hatter. They're kind of like his, I don't know, his pawns, I guess, that he sends out there. And, and uh, they don't say Tweedledee, Tweedledum, but they call him the, the Tweed Brothers. And they're these big, dopey wrestlers who kind of, he ends up mind controlling and bringing into this. So there's a lot going on there. At the beginning of the season, we saw a little taste of the Court of Owls one more time. And now the focus seems to be strictly on the Mad Hatter. So we'll kind of see where that goes. We also have another element to it where one escapee from Indian Hill was Bruce Wayne's clone. So we're seeing that. I'm not really sure what's going on with that, but he has Superman-like powers. Um, and yeah, so I am i don't know if I'm going to completely write it off. Last episode, I was kind of considering it, but after watching this last one, kind of seeing Tweedledee, Tweedledum, and seeing Mad Hatter evolve a little bit more, I'm, I'm kind of sticking around to see that. Um, also, we got Penguin, who's back in it. He is running for mayor, which has been beaten to death. Um, Penguin has been has been mayor in, well, let's see, he's been mayor in uh, Batman 66, the Adam West series. He ran for mayor in the Batman animated series, and he also did it in Batman Returns, the movie. So now we're... I guess, I don't know if they're doing it as a throwback or they had some other plan for that. Um, but he's running for mayor and, and he somehow got Riddler out of Arkham Asylum to help him out with that. So that's another section of the story that's going on. I just feel like there's too many storylines going on in Gotham right now that it's, it's really hard to focus on one thing. And I and I think that's eventually going to lead to that series demise um, in the end. But we'll check it out and see where it goes. Um Next up, uh, Arrow season premiere happened last week. So um, the newest episode of that, uh, episode two, is airing tonight. So I'll have some more uh, reviews on that later on. But so far, you know what? I was going to kind of write this off after last season's season finale was pretty weak. Um, the villain, Damian Dark, as I've talked about on the podcast before, not a huge fan of him. Um, thought he was kind of a weak character. In this season, the the team has basically disbanded. So they're all over the place. You know, Diggle is in Afghanistan or Mills East or whatever. He's fighting for the, the Marines again. Thea is not fighting as speedy anymore. She's kind of taken on Oliver. Because since Oliver is the mayor of Star City now, she's kind of his liaison. And Felicity's still there. You got Curtis, who's still there, but the rest of the team kind of split off. And we see once again, um, Captain Lance struggle with alcoholism once again. Um, and how he's dealing with his, one of his daughters dying once again. Um, so that's that's kind of been beat to death too. But I don't know, the it, it was pretty good opener. There's a lot going on. Oliver's kind of struggling with working on his own not only as the mayor but as arrow as well he's kind of back to being the hero and he uh running solo and he's trying to you know keep the city safe and and show up for things as the mayor and he's having a hard time balancing it and he doesn't have a team to help back him up things like that and he's and that's that's the thing that i was worried so much about last season is he's so reliant on this team he had like four freaking people falling around at once when Green Arrow is kind of supposed to be that hero that handles it on his own, but he's starting to see 
what it's like to be on his own once again and how hard it is for him to 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 deal with that so he's getting a little bit more um i guess harder on the criminals and stuff like that you start to see more copycats pop up guys who want to not take on the mantle of arrow but help him out and he ends up shooting one dude in the in the leg with an arrow to make him stop so it's kind of like the Christian Bale, Dark Knight thing where he's, he's got all these copycats dressing up as Batman trying to help out and uh, they're just ending up getting themselves hurt. So at the end, you have them actually, Oliver is considering having the team anyways because he needs the help and he's going to train them. And so this season's going to be basically him training this new team and everything. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if it's going to be any good. We'll have to see. I don't know if that's going to take up the entire season, if that's going to be filler, who knows. But I just feel like this show isn't as strong as it was at the beginning. I think they really need to get back to that. And they seriously need to stop with the flashbacks because they are unbelievably boring and they don't add anything to the story. Flash. We got the best show out of all the bunch. Saved the best for last. The Flash. If you're watching this show from season one, you know that this this show is fantastic. This season is based off Flashpoint. So if you've ever read the Flashpoint story, this has nothing to do with that. It just has the same basic idea. Last season ended with Barry going back in time and saving um, his his mom and dad. Um, well, saving his mom, which ended up saving his dad. And what happened is is that altered the timeline. So now he there's some things that were going on. Uh, in a timeline that he really liked. Obviously, his parents were alive, though he started forgetting memories. He was losing his speed, and and everything was turning for worst anyway. So at the end of that episode, he ends up going back in time again, letting Reverse Flash kill his mother and go back to the way things were. But in, in doing that, he ended up altering the timeline slightly again. So you got Cisco and Barry are at ends with each other. Um... Joe West and, and Iris aren't talking to each other and there's all these like weird things that are going on so we're getting to see kind of the time aspect of it which is a whole another thing like once you kind of run out of ideas with Flash you can always tackle like timeline stuff and that makes it super interesting kind of like Star Trek Star Trek Next Generation and stuff like that they always have the timeline thing to fall back on so that's kind of cool um, and with that, we see uh, John Wesley Ship comes back as as uh, Jay Garrick. So kind of gives Barry the pep talk of don't fuck with the timeline. Every time you mess with the timeline, you're you're making things even worse for yourself. So but some pluses that we saw from this um, originally when he altered the timeline, um, he didn't have Captain Singh in the Central City Police Department. His his captain was Captain Julio Mendez, which if you watch the original Flash series, Julio Mendez was kind of uh, Barry Allen's Cisco, if you will. So uh, when John Wesley Shipp played um, the Flash back in the 90s, Julio Mendez was kind of like the, the science-y kind of nerdy guy that kind of uh, worked with him in the lab um, at the police department. So Julio Mendez comes back along with John Wesley Shipp and the, the chick that played Tina McGee in this show. So I, I, I love the fact that CW is bringing in these these older characters. Like you see, you know, they got uh, Linda Carter. They've been in any Superman iteration. They bring in Dean Cain, you know, and stuff like that. So it's really cool to see people who have touched that role before come back and 
in this case, he's playing his exact same role. So that was really cool to see. I, I don't, out of all the, the, the kind of news things I heard about reviews and stuff like that, I didn't hear anyone touch on that. So I don't know if I'm the only one that caught that because very select few people have seen the original Flash TV show because it wasn't well recepted, but really cool thing that I picked up on right away. Um, we also get to see uh, Vibe, who is Cisco Ramon, um, using his powers. Um, he kind of you see him constructing these gloves. You don't really know what he's doing with them. We get to see him use his Vibe powers for the first time. Well, not the first time, but he, more of a controlled state. So there's a, the villain in this one is um, Rival, where he comes comes in and basically trying to fuck things up. He's another speedster. So that's kind of disappointing, but another speedster trying to mess up Flash and, and Vibe comes in and saves the day. And there's this really cool moment between Cisco and Barry. And that was really cool to see. Um, but yeah, so far I'm in, man. I like this show a lot. And um, I can't wait to see what other changes that there are. Because even at the end of the episode, last episode that aired last night, um, Barry's talking to Caitlin and says, you know, like out of all the people... You're the only one that hasn't changed. And he walks away and you see her hand kind of get the f the fog and the frost on her hand. So she's killer frost powers going on. So does anyone know about that? Is she going to be a, a, a villain now? Like we don't really know that yet. But I'm interested to see what other kind of changes come about. I know for sure we're going to see um, Jesse Quick. We're going to see Harrison Wells come back in this as well further down the road. So how does that mess with the timeline? What other Flash uh, villains are we going to see? Are we going to see Gorilla Grodd again? Um, are we, we're obviously probably going to see Reverse Flash once again. Are we going to see other kind of elements from the Flashpoint book? Who knows? But um, really excited to see that. And uh, so overall, ones that I'm probably going to really watch a lot of is obviously the Flash finished Luke Cage. Really excited for Iron Fist. Um, I'm going to keep with Arrow and this week we're going to see the season premiere of Supergirl and uh, DC Legends of Tomorrow. So more news on that guys. I can't watch all these things. I do have a life and it's really hard to keep up with seven different superhero shows. I can't speak much on what's happened with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Although if you do check up check up on uh, YouTube, um, there's some really cool clips of what the Ghost Rider looks like and it looks fantastic. So um, I'll probably wait until that season's completely done and then just binge it and uh, talk about it then. But that's it for me this week on Longbox Society. Next week, hopefully, we'll have Steve come back. Steve got married, so congratulations to Steve. Really happy for him and uh, hoping to have him come back and talk about a little bit about that and uh, a little bit more about what's going on in our world. So thank you for tuning in this week. If you like what you hear, subscribe to us on soundcloud.com slash longboxsociety. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash longboxsocietypodcast. We're on YouTube, we're on iTunes, we're on Google Play Music, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Please spread the word. We really appreciate it. And uh, we will see you next time.